And what is going on, everybody out there, all of you buttes and beauties? It is episode number 88 of Hat Trick Hockey, which is always brought to you by our good friends over at GL Heritage, the official beer of Hat Trick Hockey. Also, if you want to just smash the link there on the post for this episode here, you can log right into our store to get all your sweet HTH merch. So you check that out as well. This obviously being episode number 88, it's the Eric Lindros edition of Hatrick Hockey. Eric played 760 games in the NHL, 372 goals, 493 assists, 865 points. He was over a point a game also through his 765 games. He was a 91 first overall pick. He's an OHL and Memorial Cup champ. He's a Olympic silver and gold medalist he's a two-time world junior gold medalist he's a world championship gold medalist he's a heart trophy winner ted Lindsay winner as well as inducted into the hall of fame in 2016-17 it's another one of those long resumes i'll bring in rob my boy my line mate rob what's up dude what's going on how's things good good that dude was a stud man guy was a machine obviously his uh career cut short due to congies right so yeah kind of sucks because he was one of those guys that i would have liked to see play longer but uh he skated with his head down a lot <laughs> yeah he did and he got oh, punished when when casperitis can knock you out with his shoulder like when was casperitis well, five five ten yeah casperitis got him scott stevens got him didn't flurry get him too like theo flurry got him too i'm pretty sure i'm not sure yeah. <laughs> i don't remember seeing that one but, I just remember, I just remember the, like the smallest defenseman in the league get, catching him with his head down, and Eric was six foot five. You yeah, know? He got and he was up. the first one to decide not to go to a team. Uh, yeah, at the draft. Yeah, that was pretty nuts too. Um, so and how, then our boy, our boy Todd Warner was the next one to get drafted, and they give him a standing ovation just just for sliding and, on a jersey in, in Quebec. <laughs> Just for sliding on, then he was escorted out of his hotel. Yeah, <laughs> shit happens. Gets away from you sometimes. Yeah, that's funny though. Um, so what? How was your like weekend? Your week so far? Now we're recording. Uh, we're recording on a Wednesday here for back back to our Friday episodes. Now that things calm down a little bit here for us. So, well, I think I explained all my weekend uh, last episode. So that was on the Friday, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, taking it easy. Uh, Just hanging out the rest of the week type deal. Yeah, going to go catch a Flyers game tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Going to go uh, chill out on Brinko's patio before the game and have a couple of green pints and uh, grab some food there. One yeah. of our sponsors. Love Brinko's. Oh. So, food's so freaking good. I'm going to crush some bites. All those Branco bites. I could, it, get, it gets real fucking dark between me and some of those Branco bites. Oh. <laughs> I could eat. I, like I, I bring him to the Meg meetings. Oh, oh I could too. Grace could. Yeah. What do you do? You bring those into the Meg meetings there? Yeah, every once in a while. Oh, the boys probably love those. Oh, yeah. They don't last. <laughs> no, they never will. Um, Bunch of farm animals I hang out with. My hockey team, we fucking tied on Sunday. We tied. You suck. It pissed. So now we're 2 0 oh, 2. So we're still up a game. Or sorry, we're still up a point in first place right now for the playoffs with only two games left. We have to win one of two, I think will automatically throw us in the finals. 
Nice. So, and, but the part that sucks is this week we're playing a team that's really good that we've kind of struggled with this year. And then the last team, yeah, we played, we beat them last time, but they didn't have one of their best players. And he's the type of player that if he comes back and has a good game, it could be good night, Jim kite for us. Like, you know what I mean? And that player is Chad Mayran. So Dean that we had on the show, it's his brother. That nice. plays on red and he's the type of guy who could steal a game by himself if he gets on a roll. Right. So it's not, <laughs> I'm freaking out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I just want us to clinch. I just want us to get in. Like, you know, just go I mean? fight like, him, go oh, fight him, get him off the ice. Fuck no. But I just mean, I just want us to get in breaks off. Yeah. <laughs> so our league, the rules are too strict on fighting. Um, so real quick, before we start, before we jump into the hockey stuff, we have a new sponsor. It's Snyder Automotive and Harrow. They're on the third. Um, we'll be dropping a post probably. Well, it's probably out now because I'm going to probably do it when I'm done this. So check out Snyder Automotive. They're on the third in Harrow. They've been around forever. Uh, they do every service imaginable to your car, everything. I've never heard anything bad about this shop either. So that's kind of one of the other reasons why I wanted them on with us as well. Um, and it's nice to, that we didn't really have an auto place. So now we have an auto shop on with the boys now too. So we got a couple other sponsors that we were just talking about off the air that will be announced later, but yeah, so welcome Snyder automotive. They're one of our sponsors and our like hockey league as well. So now they do our hockey league. They sponsor our pod. They do a bunch of kids stuff as well. And Harrow sponsor stuff too. So they're pretty big in Harrow. So it's nice to have them on with us. So welcome to Snyder Automotive. Welcome. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm taking care of the hometown people. Me too. I love it. So let's hop into it right away. Local here. We'll start kind of local. 73s with the sweep. It's fucking awesome. Right? We kind of figured that was going to happen, right? They had owned, owned that team all year. Who'd they play? Petrolia, I want to say, right? Yep. And they own them all season. I don't think they beat the threes once all year. I think Essex just owned them all year. So we kind of expected a sweep there. So who do we know who they're who they're waiting on now? No, not yet. We don't know. Okay. Nope. So stay don't tuned. You have, don't you have the like a series of what they're at there uh, on, online? Yeah, but I don't know if they reseed and stuff after. Right? They might reseed. So depending on who they play or like, I'm not sure how it goes after the first round. I know it was one and eight, two and seven, like stuff like that. But I don't know if they, once the first round's done, if they reseed them and then do the same type thing, or I'm not sure how it's done. So stay tuned and we'll let you know as soon as we know. We'll, we'll also throw it up on our page as well. We're going to follow the threes the whole run here. So we'll have everything on our page. So keep an eye on our page for 73's updates. So good job, boys. Now rest. If you guys got any wounds or anything, now's the, now's the time to let them heal and let's fucking get right, right back at her. So make sure you guys go check out the threes games too. Now that everything's going to be lifted. Right. So now they're serving beer, snack bars open. Everything's back to normal in there. So let's go, let's fill the joint. Yeah. I went to see the, I went to see their game on Sunday and uh, it was awesome. They were, they, they had a slow start, but uh, end up pretty much just mopping them. I seen like a lot of the guys on the show had a big series. Yeah. 
you see that? Like fucking Smitty. Like how many goals did he get? Every goal it seemed like it was. I think he had five. Every had, every had goal I seen online, it was either Smith from Chittle, and then it was Chittle from Smith, and then it was Shirk from Hall, and then Hall from Shirk. It was like that. It was like that the whole series. Yep. So they, they played really well. So the boys had a hell of a round. So that's good. Their so deep. Their deep played very well too. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 were getting help from all over by the by the way it looked. So and the bars open. Yeah. So let's fucking go. Um into the NHL. Obviously the big story, Austin Matthews got two games for his cross check. I've been kind of waiting to hear what you kind of thought about this, Rob. Do you think two games was necessary? Do you think it was too much? Obviously, you're not gonna think it's too little, but do you think it was too much or do you think he should have been fine? What do you think? I, he, he got what he deserved, uh, I, I think, agree. you know, like, but remember um, the guy that he cross-checked in the face, Edlers, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, Rasmus Dahlin. Oh, so way off dash one. Um, <laughs> Thank you. He, uh, Matthews buried him earlier in that. Yeah, he shit. threw a nice head on him. Yeah, he smoked And him. then he came back and... It, uh, did an inter it was inter interference yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know Matthew snapped you know wires got crossed and uh Cross you know the neck. <laughs> yeah yeah you know like you, you could say he tried getting him in the shoulder but <laughs> I think he was going for his head actually but yeah, me too you know wires crossed the thing is though is like I said it online and people were like oh dude. So all you Muppets online, I said, listen, if they just fight there. He's not going to fight. I know, but I'm saying that that's a pretty good matchup for him in a fight because that guy's not exactly a fighter either. No. Nope, if, if, if those two fight, though, think of like I say it all the time. It's going to happen. Eventually, I think he's going to fight somebody. It's going to happen. I don't that's think so. He's a big guy. He, I think he can handle himself if, against Rasmus Dahl. What, what if he fights, though, and breaks his wrist? You know, now what? Well, he's kicked out for a few games, so how good's he doing his team anyways? Well, he gets two games better than six, ah, six drop, weeks. Drop your gloves, Matthews. Pick up your rep. Quit being a pussy. <laughs> drop your fucking mitts. I would like to see him fight. He's a big guy. You got to, you know, it's like almost – being in the yard there on when like when like you're in jail once in a while you gotta shank somebody pick up your rep <laughs> i think he needs he needs something like that you've been to jail <laughs> no i just mean i'm just using it as a as a little example you just got to pick up your rep a little bit but i would like to see him drop the gloves man show some fucking passion jesus not going for the lady bang here is he he ain't now <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not with that suspension definitely out of the talks there but he's also in his first six years in the league or something he's like three or four of his first six years in the league he's got 40 plus eh? like 40 plus tucks for him so that's fucking he's the real deal man speaking of tucks ovechkin netted his 767th goal. He now stands alone third all time. He just passed Yamer Yager. So Yager actually gave him uh, a nice little video tribute, which was pretty nice for his 767. So Wayne's in front. Wayne's at like what? It's like 891 or something. Yeah. Like, something I think like he's that. like third. I think he's 
didn't I see or hear like he's only 35 goals behind him or something like that? He's he's like 30 something goals behind Gordie Howe. Oh, okay. Sorry. And then he's got about almost another, and then he's got about almost another hundred before he hits Wayne. Yeah. So I think he, at this pace, he'll, he'll do it. It will, it might take him another two, three years to do it, but he'll, I think he's going to do it at this pace. I think he will. So definitely keep an eye on that. He's a, he's a sniper. So real quick. um, I was kind of upset when I seen this. Being a Red Wings guy, Iserman says that they're pretty well open to open to deals at the deadline. And uh, one of those, including, is Tyler Bertuzzi. So I'm not sure how I feel on it. He 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 listed a few others, but but he was by far the biggest name on the list for the Red Isn't Wings. Bertuzzi one of your studs? Yeah, that's what worries me. So, but Eiserman said it's not off the table. Speaking of trade deadline stuff, have you heard? It seems like the fucking Leafs are in on everybody. It seems like the Leafs are in on everybody. Like how? They got like five cents a cap room. Well, I, I don't, I don't understand it either. Like, and they're looking for a defenseman. They're looking for a, for, a power forward. Like, what, mm-hmm. what, what do you need more offense for? Yeah, they need either you a don't. D or a goalie. You don't need more offense. You need a D or a goalie. Yeah. If you had to choose I, I just, one, which one would you? I don't do? understand. Uh, oh, fuck. If, if, if you could only afford to do one, are you going to keep your faith in the goaltending and grab a guy on D or are you just going to say, fuck it and grab a goalie? I don't know. After I saw that kid's performance there, that shutout and uh, all that, um, yeah, but I'd go for a solid D man, but yeah, I'd go for a goalie, but th- there's no, no real, you know, Number one goalies available. Did you hear who they were possibly after besides Flurry? No. St. Louis, Jordan fucking Bennington was in their radar, I guess, too. So how they would how the I believe this is when I wish we had fucking fucking pumps on with us because he'd be able to explain all this to us. So how it is is no matter who they trade for or whatever the team or whatever, they have to do like a three-way deal or something that where the teams can retain salary. Right. So I think the Leafs can afford to put out like a million or two maximum, like in a deal. But I think that's about as far as they're going. So technically they could get flurry for like 1.75, but Chicago would have to retain some of his salary and then maybe they could put a little bit of it elsewhere, right? To like Arizona or something like that. All right. Well, I don't know. I think that's going to be the only way that they're going to be able to get somebody in. But if I was the Leafs and I'm honestly going to say, if they don't make it out of the first round this year, Kyle Dubas is gone. So it, it, not only him, why wouldn't Brendan Shanahan be gone? Maybe they'll give. He's been there longer than Dubas. Yeah, I know. You know what's what's gonna happen? It's supposed to be that, a seven-year fucking deal. You know what's gonna happen if that happens, though? If Shanahan's gone, he's gonna go to Detroit. Watch. Yeah, I think I think that's what what will happen. The Wings seem to have a bunch of former players in office. Like they got Draper in office now, Malpe's in office, Iserman, Lidstrom. Like they got all these former guys in, in office there now. <sighs> But I like the, the I like trauma management is like fucking Detroit management, the Lions. You know what I mean? Just can't get it done. Or or in Edmonton, you know, you got all the talent in the world, but you can't you can't pull it together. And there's a reason why. Because they blew their load on fucking five guys. 
I heard five guys <laughs> really good. As crazy as that sounds, hey, they blew their load on five guys. But I mean, like, yeah, but that's a lot of salary fucking for five guys. It man. is. So, it's a, it's a, they're all selfish contracts, you know. Fuck whatever. I still say trade JT. I still fucking say trade fucking trade him. Trade him. Well, you can trade Austin Matthews too, and he's yeah, going to be gone anyways. What? What's yeah. he got? Two years left in his contract? Yeah, but I don't think he's going any. I think if he goes to Arizona, it's going to be like to end his career. I don't think he's going to go anytime soon. Look at Arizona right now. It's a fucking mess there. Right? Although they've been hot lately. They're, they're playing very well right now. They fucking smashed the Red Wings. Like, bent yeah. them over. No spit, no lube. Fucking sandpaper finish with the Red Wings. 9-2. They've, yeah. I think they've won like three or four straight now. And they're like, they, they're beating they, teams that are like legit. They put four up on Montreal in the first period the other night. Here's a crazy stat about, about my... Uh, my like red wings it's not good is uh 11 times this year they've allowed six or more goals that leads the league <laughs> 11 times think about it. they've only played let's say 55 to 60 games so think of one in every five or six games the wings are giving up six plus that's a lot <laughs> not good not the good so do you want Morazic back? No, we're okay. I, I I like our two in net. It's just we're just slowly building up. Like these Red Wings still have all this cap room that they haven't even fucking touched. They yet. get a lot of shots up too. Yeah. So we'll see. But as for some of the other trade deadline rumors, like I don't know. As much as they're saying Mark Andre Fleury's gonna stay put, I see him on the go. Um Chickering now, I think it might have slowed up his process. Well, now why wouldn't they trade him? He doesn't want to be in, in Chicago. But he said he would finish out the contract. Well, what's he got so, another year? Yeah. I can see him moving though to take another shot at a cup. Why why wouldn't you? But if he goes to Toronto, like him and freaking Campbell can be a like one A, one B type deal, right? Because Flurry's that type of guy that could steal you games too. Absolutely. Which is which is what Toronto needs. But he's also know. he's also old. Like, what's his next contract going to look like? It it all depends on what's he what he wants to do, right? If you had him right now, would you start him? Fucking a. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> Fuck the age, the, the the whole age issue. Who cares? The guy still fucking can steal games. You can still be a factor. Who would you make your backup, Campbell or Mrazek? Probably Campbell. Mraz. It's not. It's not even in the fucking ballpark. <laughs> Campbell's, Campbell's hurt again. No, I know, but he's back in two weeks. Maybe this little bit of a rest will help him. Maybe he'll come out like he was at the start of the year again. Maybe he's just burnt out, wore out. Well, that could be because he played a ton of games last year, and he was the best in the playoffs last year for Toronto, best player on the team. Toronto was fine in the playoffs last year. They just couldn't fucking score. Yeah. Couldn't score goals. Now they're they're scoring goals. Their big guys go away when the game gets rough. Yeah, so I don't know. Nylander was good. Nylander, he he was playing. He played well. And what's his name got hurt there? Captain Johnny T. Johnny T got hurt, and Matthews and Marner were fucking not non-existent in the playoffs last year. Matthews had one goal and four assists or something like that. I don't if he even had that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had that. So it was pretty crazy, but uh, I don't know. If you want to, should we uh, go over to our interview? Got a tough motherfucker on here with us today, man. I looked up this guy's YouTube videos. My God. So this interview is brought to you by Houston's training and fitness center. You can get a one-on-one uh, personal training. 
Uh, it's a judgment-free atmosphere, protein shakes available and stuff on site. They got sick merch right there. They got group classes, and that is also located in the same building as the Harrow Arena as well. So be sure to check those guys out. They're amazing there, Mike and Jamie. So longtime friends. They did a great job at the gym as well. So be sure to stop in there and check it out. Packages are start as low as they're like 45 bucks a month or something. So it's a pretty sweet gym as well. It's like brand new inside there. So it looks great. So on that note, we'll flip it over to our interview. Tough guy, Nate Kaiser. Enjoy. Roll it. Well, this next cat here with us, he is played a little bit everywhere. He's played OHL, AHL, ECHL. He's a Phoenix Coyotes draft pick in 2000, ECHL champion as well. He's also crossed over and did some MMA as well. Let's welcome to the show, Nate Kaiser. Nate, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be here. Looking forward to chatting with you guys and, uh, yeah, great stuff, man. Where are you living now? Uh, so we live, me and my wife and my two kids, we live in Charleston, South Carolina. We've been, Gosh, we've been down here permanently since 2007 when we bought our first house down here. We're on house number three. Uh, we've got two boys down here that we're raising, uh, my, my kids, Jackson and Xavier. And uh, yeah, man, this place, I don't know if you guys have ever had a chance to come down south, but it's, it's beautiful. The weather is incredible. The people are super friendly. Um, it's got a little bit of everything uh, down here, and it's, it's a really special place. That's awesome. Because you were, you were born in Michigan, yeah? Yep, uh, Detroit area in Michigan. Um, so where, where are you guys out of? Just out, uh, on the other side of the border. In, oh, nice. Just outside of Windsor, Essex. Okay, awesome. awesome, yeah, very cool. Yeah, man, it's, uh, I've seen too, you started, well, you played 14U with CompuWare, right? Yep. How was that? Oh, it was awesome. So I played, growing up, I played for Little Caesars and then I played okay. for CompuWare. And those two were really the big AAA programs growing up. And um, yeah, we hit, we, we traveled all the time. We were in Canada, it seemed like every other weekend uh, playing. So had a lot of great experiences, got to meet a lot of great people, uh, played against a lot of great players. And uh, the hockey world is as big of a world that it is, as it is, it can also be a small world. So um, yeah, I, a lot of great times growing up playing, traveling. Um, yeah, it was a blast. Mm -hmm. You're like three people away from Kevin Bacon, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. Hey, so what just got you hooked onto the game? Just like what caught your eye with it when you were young? Uh, so my dad actually got me in skates when I was four years old. And uh, and Michigan is a, you know, a pretty big area as far as hockey is concerned. Uh, you know, they, they call it hockey town, obviously, but um, yeah, started playing when I was four years old and just fell in love with the game. And, uh, you know, as I got older, it was, it was just regardless if we were playing on a pond or playing with your team or playing street hockey, um, it was just something that we always loved doing, had a blast doing it. And as I got older, uh, obviously the competition level increased and uh, yeah, had a lot of fun and hockey's given me so much, um, as, as far as just a person and uh, outside of just being an athlete, just a, a person in general. So uh, you get to meet so many different people, get to travel all over the place. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of my childhood was, you know, playing hockey and uh, so many great memories doing it. 
So I'm going to assume. A rink rat, eh? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. All the time. So I'm going to assume you're a Red Wings guy. Definitely grew up a Detroit Red Wings fan, man. Yeah, absolutely. My guy. All right. Yeah. Right. Look at Rob over there shaking his head with his upside down. Just, just delete me off this. <laughs> delete me off this interview. <laughs> <laughs> love it, though. I love it. <laughs> so, so uh, now, how do you how do you get involved in travel? Uh, I think just so growing up, I I just played kind of like a double A, and then. Um, you know, I just, I, I got to try out my, my first big break was I tried out for little Caesars and I was actually a forward growing up and, uh, didn't make the team as a forward, but they brought me back, uh, and said, Hey, we want you to try out as a defenseman wound up making the team. And, uh, you know, I spent the rest of my life playing defense, but, uh, that was really my first, uh, exposure to travel at that, that level. So I had never really played on a team where everybody wore the same equipment, um, you know, little Caesars, especially in the area that I grew up in was, was a very big name. And if you, if you played for them, it was a pretty special thing. So, um, yeah, my That's, first year it still is still, is yeah, a, I, I, big... I, I've been away from home for a very long time, but I, I see some of the guys on social media that I used to play with that help coach back home. Yep. And, uh, seems like, uh, that franchise is still doing really well, which is awesome. So, so now is that, is that how you like, is little Caesars affiliate of, uh, it would have been, um, the Plymouth whalers then, right? Uh, so CompuWare was, uh, so there was little Caesars and then there was CompuWare. CompuWare okay. had a junior a program that I played for after playing, I think it was Bantam or maybe it was midget AAA. Um, I went as a 15 year old and played junior a for CompuWare, who was basically kind of like a, I don't want to say a feeder team, but kind of like a feeder team, a little somewhat affiliated to Plymouth, um, okay. obviously different leagues, but we would practice right before they would. Uh, we shared the same arena um, locker rooms just on opposite sides. So um, not technically an affiliation, but uh, you were still very close. Mm -hmm. Because because like around here, you know, you have uh, this, the Windsor Spitfires right. and then you have, um, you know, the Vipers who are like an affiliate, you know, like pretty much all the teams around here from junior C to junior B are all affiliates of the Spitfires. You know what I mean? Okay. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's ultimately growing up playing AAA and then uh, wound up playing junior A for CompuWare. And, and the year that I played, we ended up winning the national championship, which oh, nice. was uh, a really cool experience. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it was a big jump from, playing triple a and, and midgets to going to junior a because it's now you're practicing every day um you're playing a lot more games and you're playing against older guys too as well i was 15, playing with grown-ass men now yeah i was yeah. 15 16 years old and you, i think there were guys up to 21 years old if i'm not mistaken yeah. that played in the league so uh you know there there's a huge discrepancy between somebody who's 15 16 and then you've got somebody who's 21 years old right. um but I, that was, that was instrumental in my development, especially the following year I would be playing in the OHL, which is, which is similar uh, because mm -hmm. you do have some younger guys and you have some older guys too, as well. So um, it, you know, it, it's a, it's a big jump, but that definitely helped in my transition. Now, now, how, how did you end up getting drafted uh, into the O? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but I, I just know I went in the fifth round of the OHL uh, draft to, to Plymouth uh, luckily luckily enough and um yeah i'm i'm not sure I, I didn't really speak with anybody i'm not sure the whole how the whole process goes down um i was just informed that i was 
entering the OHL draft, uh, Plymouth had retained my rights and, uh, it couldn't have worked out any better for me. Um, you know, um, that's, it's roughly about 45 minutes away from home home and, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. That's perfect. Right. Nice and close like that. Yep. So how old were you when you got into like your first fight on the ice, like straight up, like scrap. So the first time that I ever fought, uh, actually on the ice, I was 15 years old. You know, when you're younger, you have these, you know, little skirmishes and guys have helmets and gloves on. It's, it's definitely not what I would consider a fight, but, um, uh, 15 years old, I was actually playing with CompuWare. Um, and we went to a tournament and, uh, there was a, there was a kid on the other team who had a reputation for being a tough guy. And he was going into the OHL as, as a tough guy. And we were younger at the time, but, uh, he definitely had that reputation. He took a run at one of, uh, one of our more skilled guys. And, um, when he came out of the penalty box, the, the coach just said, Hey, go have a chat with him." And it was literally the first time I had ever taken off my helmet because we're wearing cages at this time and yeah. dropping your gloves and, and having a fight. And, um, I, I did really well. And, uh, you know, from that point on, it was, it was always something that, you know, it, I didn't shy away from a physical game. That was definitely part of my game. And, uh, you know, I was extremely, uh, you get that adrenaline rush after your oh, first yeah. fight, you, you know, you're, you're not exactly sure what's going on. You just know that you got in a fight. And uh, yeah. I remember all the, you know, when you get a, a pat from the boys afterwards saying great job. And oh, yeah. um, I remember I, I busted the other kid up pretty good. He was, he was cut, he was bleeding. And uh, um, I just remember looking over kind of in the middle of the scrap and all the, all the guys on my team are just leaning over the bench and just, you know, tapping their stick. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was awesome. It was, uh, it was fun. And I was kind of hooked ever since. So yeah, um, yeah I, I would say it's uh it's definitely easier to get a feel for it when you do really well, as opposed to uh, if your first fight, you just go in there and, and you get just pumped. get down. You're probably not as receptive to do it. Right? So, um, yeah. Shattered orbital yeah. bone. You're like, yeah. I don't want to fuck exactly. anybody again. Broken yeah. nose, missing You just teeth. get one punched and uh, next thing you know, you're just laying down, looking up at the rafters and you're like, oh, maybe this isn't as cool as I thought it was. And yeah. the boys aren't stick tapping now, right? So, right, yeah, yeah. Exactly. What the fuck were you thinking? Read the right. game notes. Right, they're just, they're giving like the emoji like this. Boy, it happened funny. again. Yeah, not again. Hey, you spent four years in the O? Yep, four years, four in, years in the O. o. All where, Clinton, yep. where did you get your first goal? Do you remember it? Uh, I do not, know. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> question, but I do not uh, have any idea where I got my first goal. I can assure you it wasn't a highlight reel goal um, because I definitely don't remember it, but uh, mm. it was probably just some – slap shot from the point that ricocheted off four different people and then somehow found its way into the <laughs> all the other people all the other yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. see next time someone asks you you say you grabbed it at the back of your net and you skated yeah. all the way through everybody and you went bar down that's uh, that's, yeah. that's well anybody who's ever met me or played with me is no is gonna know that that uh that is a complete fabrication you know those high re- highlight reels uh paul coffee you know yeah nothing like that nothing like that it was the complete opposite i was actually Dumping the puck in and somehow it just went, went off the dash or the goalie was behind the net. I will say uh, as a pro, when I was playing in the ECHL, probably my favorite goal of all time was uh, we were playing down in Florida and a uh, guy teed me up for a one-timer at the point. And this could not have missed the net any more than it actually did. It, it went so high above the glass that the goaltender turned around 
it hit off the glass, bounced off his chest and went in the net. True story. <laughs> uh, that may be uh, probably my highlight reel goal. And if, <laughs> if, if anything could sum up my career, as far as the goal is concerned, that would probably be <laughs> that's, I, so fun. that's just when you say, I meant to do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When so I like, would, uh, when I would take when I would take slap shots, the trainers and all the guys on the bench, they would always yell service like it, like like a tennis serve. And uh, <laughs> just because, it, you know, it was going to be hard and no, no idea where it was going. That's funny. <laughs> now, how, how old were you when you uh, end up getting an agent? Oh, gosh, I was probably uh, my. F- 17 ish, probably somewhere around there, 16, 17. Um, so you're in the O. Yeah, I'm in the O. Actually, you know what? It was probably my first year in the O. Um, funny story about that. So um, Pete DeBoer and Steve Spot were my coaches the first two years in the O in, the, in Plymouth. And um, I guess I came in with a little bit of a reputation as somebody who doesn't necessarily take it seriously because the, the year prior to when I was playing in for CompuWare, I, I wouldn't say I was 100% committed, just I, I was. 16 years old at the time and I was just like this is you know this is a lot I don't know like I I felt like I was missing out with a lot of life stuff with my friends you know you're practicing every day you're going to the rink every day you're traveling so I kind of happened happened, yeah half in half out right and um the first week uh with the team in Plymouth um and this is back when nobody had cell phones right so we're talking 98, 99, something, somewhere along those lines. So um, I was driving to, we had practice Saturday morning. We were doing off-ice conditioning. You had to be the rink by, we'll call it 10 o'clock. I hit traffic and um, like I said, no cell phones. I can't reach out to anybody say, hey, I'm running late. I'm running behind anything along those lines. Pull into the rink and you're just like, oh shit. You see everybody out and they've got their gitch on and they're running around the parking lot. You're like, oh shit. So pull in and, and the coach is waiting right there roll down my window he goes uh he goes go home we'll call you when i get home i was like got stuck in trap don't want to hear it go home we'll call you when i get home uh we'll call you later so before i got home they left a message saying come back to the rink and pick up your equipment i'm like holy shit like literally from the time that i left they called and left me a voicemail saying come back out to the rink and, i got stuck in traffic again going home. like yeah, with, yeah like I, I don't even have money for gas and i've got to make this trip twice so um long story short i did have an agent at the time um we wound up having a meeting with the with the coaches and and myself and my and my parents at the time too as well and, and they laid it out on the line they said listen there's there's going to be two sets of rules there's one set of rules for you one set of rules for the rest of the team if this happens again you're off the team um one of uh one of the older guys his name was sean fisher a good friend of mine kind of took me under his wing um and said listen you can roll with we'll roll together every day we'll make sure that this doesn't happen um and that was my first year so um how could i best explain it i worked extremely hard that year i i my whole goal was to be the hardest worker that i could possibly be uh chip in any way that i could the following year, uh, which was my second year, they gave me uh, an A on my jersey. So the next two years, I had A's on my jersey, and I was fortunate enough to be the captain my last year. So uh, awesome. that, that little meeting definitely got me in the right mind frame. Like, if you're going to do this, you have to. There's so many people that want to do this and that want to play at this level, um, but ultimately get your shit together. So right. um, that's all it took. And from that point on, um, I, I was focused and did whatever I could to help the team in any form or facet. Just, just a huge eye opener, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that, 
just pulling up in my car in the parking lot and seeing everybody running out there is just that's a gut-wrenching feeling and then yeah. uh when the coach says hey we'll give you a go home we'll give you a call uh you know wasn't exactly a fun car ride home but no. put, yeah. put things in perspective um you know realistically being 16 years old that's what i needed um and yeah from that point on um didn't fuck up again yeah <laughs> well and, and how awesome was it your buddy that who wasn't your buddy yeah. stepping up as a, as a great teammate and yeah. you know taking you under his wing and saying we got this yeah absolutely yeah uh sean fisher uh, uh a good buddy of mine and uh you know unfortunately you kind of lose contact as the years go yeah. on but um yeah just a unbelievable guy an older guy just taking a younger guy under his wing and you know as i as my career progressed whether it was in the ohl or pro um you know i always kept that same mentality of help the younger guys in any way that you can because ultimately i've been in that position before and um yeah, it was, uh, it, it was great for me. And plus you're probably going to save his ass at some point on the ice too. Right? You know what he, uh, so he, he wound up being my D partner a good portion of the year. Oh, and sweet. he, uh, if I was throwing a shit burger up the middle, he was always the guy who was covering my ass and making sure that, <laughs> <laughs> making sure that uh, he was back there to cover me on, uh, in the odd man rushes. So hey. Ser Serving up Domino yeah. pizzas. Yeah, yeah, throwing exactly, throwing yeah, up pizzas. Exactly. Hey, I love asking guys. What was it like playing in the O and coming into Windsor? Oh Did man, I, I was fortunate enough to play in the, so I was fortunate enough to play in the old barn. I didn't, I know they've got this new arena, you know, it's not new now because it's been yeah. a number of years, but yeah. I played in the old barn and uh, man, what a, what an environment that was. That was, uh, <laughs> you got the smaller ice surface. The crowd was always super loud. Um, the neutral zone was literally, non-existent it was like they had just eliminated the neutral zone and you're basically just playing on both ends um it was but, like 15 feet maybe yeah it was uh <laughs> I, I don't know uh i don't know what type of regulations they had in the old barn but it was great i had uh, a lot of great memories in there a lot of uh because that that was a huge rivalry for us obviously mm -hmm. just being across the border so um <clears throat> a lot of tough games a lot of great scraps and uh that windsor crowd i tell you what they uh they are um, ruthless, most enthusiastic <laughs> people. Yeah, I mean, if if you needed a beer during the middle of the game, they would you have no problem one. helping one. Of them. So, <laughs> um, but it was awesome. I mean, gosh, if I if I was if I would have played for Windsor, that that would have been a fantastic mm -hmm. place to play, just because the the crowd is is so into it and uh, and they're so pro for their team. And uh, yeah, they show a lot of passion. Mm -hmm. it, it was great. It was always a tough tough building to play in but i always looked forward to playing there not to mention there the worst of the worst would always sit up right behind the visiting bench oh yeah <laughs> the worst oh, yeah. of the worst yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i imagine uh, you heard some pretty good church in, there. It's like uh well this guy looks like he's probably going to do something stupid tonight let's put him behind uh the visiting team's yeah. bench <laughs> oh yeah all the crazy sat up there man it was always yeah. always the section that's where all the fights started yeah yeah, they throw sure. shit at you if because I'm like most most of the Plymouth fans, that's where their tickets would be. Oh yeah, 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 makes so sense. So they, they were surrounded by all the fucking hooligans there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was fun. A lot of a lot of great, a lot of great memories. A lot of really tough games. A lot of physical games, and uh, yeah, a lot of fun. I see. Well, you you there. had a really good team there in Plymouth for a couple years there, and, and Windsor had a pretty rough and tumble team too, right? 
Yeah, so my first two years, uh, both teams were very tough. Um, my first two years, we wound up making it to the finals both years. So uh, wow. my first year, we lost to Barry in game seven at home um, to go to the Mem Cup. And then my second year, we lost to Ottawa in game six in Ottawa to go to the Mem Cup. So, um, yeah, we, we had really good teams, uh, especially my first two years. And uh, to come up that short was – it was heartbreaking. It was tough. Um, yeah, it, it was it was tough. That sucks. Because you had some pretty good tilts with fucking Cam Jansen, eh? My God. Oh yeah, yeah, Cam. What a what a what a guy he is, and uh, and what a career he's had. And I I was fortunate enough. Me and Cam, I actually went to camp in Jersey years later, and uh, me and Cam hung out a lot, and uh, we we fought a bunch in juniors, and uh, you know he was uh, he was we were always very cool about it and very respectful. We yeah. kind of just. We'd both be stretching at center ice uh, or along the red line and warmups, just kind of, you know, a little small chat like, hey, how's it going? How's it going? Good, good. Uh, you want to go tonight? Yep. Yep. All right. Cool. And then uh, always very respectful after the fights. Uh, um, super tough dude. Had an unbelievable career. Um, yeah. But outside of being as tough as he was, man, that guy, like, he, such a good open ice hitter. He would just steamroll guys. And, yeah. Uh, um, Solid. Yeah. Solid on his feet, eh? so solid very fast very strong yeah. and uh and and obviously you could just uh could just chuck him with anybody so um yeah a lot of great fights with cam a lot of great memories and uh yeah good stuff not not much of a stick handler but man could he rack people <laughs> yeah well i got i'll be honest with you i'm not exactly teaching <laughs> stick handling classes in the off seasons myself so <laughs> i'm definitely not one to uh critique anybody's ability, ability <laughs> but uh man yeah like you knew uh you could hear the footsteps coming if uh, if that puck got dumped in on your end and uh, and Cam was coming, that's for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. He seems like a really cool guy. I listen to his podcast all the time, and uh, like he, he's doing very well for himself even oh, after yeah, hockey. He, right? uh, I I tune in to his podcast from time to time, and he's obviously crushing it post hockey career, which is awesome. I'm I'm always so happy to see guys that I played against or played with have success after the fact, and uh, um, yeah. Uh, down to the earth, uh, really solid, solid dude. So has he ever asked you to come on? No, I have, me and him have not spoke. Um, like we're, we're friends on social media, uh, but we, we haven't like spoke or really linked up or connected, uh, since gosh, mm -hmm. probably camp in, in New Jersey, but I always followed camps career. Uh, I was a big fan. Um, just because of, uh, you know, our little rivalry playing against each other. And like I said, I always enjoy seeing guys have success uh, that I played with or against. Uh, mm. Yeah. So he, he doesn't want you bringing up them videos. I watched, I watched all three of them. Uh, our, our, fight, our fights were always very fun, always very yeah. entertaining. I, I wouldn't <laughs> say that there was ever really a clear winner. I would just say uh, if anybody won, it was usually the fans. So um, yeah, for sure. Not, yeah, that's a great not call. A whole, not I a like whole that. lot of defense in those ones. Oh, yeah, the, the old days, uh, not a whole lot of defense. It was just uh, just the old punch in the face contest. And let's see who, uh, let's see who can change and knuckle soothers, man. Jesus. <laughs> but it was, uh, it, it was always, it was always fun. I always knew, uh, I would have my hands full whenever we were getting after it and, uh, enjoyed our scraps. That's for sure. So how was it for you leading up to the NHL draft? Did you know that it was going to be Phoenix or did like, was, was there any other teams involved? Did you do any uh, interviews? Like, what did you do? No, to be honest with you, uh, I wasn't exactly sure. We kind of had an idea as far as what round I would be going. I was kind of projected anywhere from the fourth to the sixth. I wound up going in the fifth. Um, yeah, no. Um, 
just wound up, uh, wound up going to Phoenix and, um, you know, an awesome experience, uh, going to the draft. It was in Calgary the year that I went and, uh, my dad went with me and just, we had, I think I had three other guys on my team that year that was in the same draft class and, and, uh, those guys got drafted and it, it was, it was a very cool experience. Um, especially being an 18 year old kid, uh, to see that you got drafted into the NHL was, it was just, it, it didn't even seem real. So, um, yeah, it was awesome, man. Fuck yeah. Just, just getting to hear your name now stay is that's, it's, that's amazing. It's, it's awesome. It's also very nerve wracking too, as well, because you're just, you're not exactly sure. Like unless you're like a, a first round draft pick and you have a pretty good idea of where you're going, it's really like, you're just kind of sitting on the edge of the seat edge of your seat I remember my dad actually had to physically get up and move away from me he's like I, I just can't sit with you because you're just kind of losing your shit every time somebody <laughs> their name gets called and uh you know you see some guy whose name you don't even recognize and then they throw up his stats up there and he's played seven games and has zero points and you're like what the fuck and, and I'm uh, fucking better than him I know I'm better than him. <laughs> who's this guy and uh yeah but uh, the fuck is that guy I beat the yeah, wheels exactly. off that guy is, is he even real um yeah so um but yeah it was it that's was a made-up name yeah yeah <laughs> that's hilarious yeah who the hell's bend over yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. ip freely seymour yeah. <laughs> butts who the fuck yeah. so so uh do, do you get to go to camp like how does how, what happens yeah so um that year i went to went to phoenix's camp um really had no idea what to expect uh as far as just going in there so um, initially I, th I think we had like a, a rookie tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So we played in that and, uh, I can't remember if it was my first year, maybe it was my second year in camp. We went to like Phoenix had a team that took, they took to Ottawa and there was a few other teams that were there and they would just play these mini scrimmage games. And, uh, but yeah, camp was a real eye opener for me because, uh, you know, Jeremy Roenick was there at the time. Keith Kachuk was there at the time. Um, and obviously those guys are legends and, um, just, not knowing what to ex expect, you know, I, that now is a lot different than it was when I played, you know, it's, I, I want to say back when I was playing guys kind of use training camp to get into shape. Now it's, it's just a full time. You like, you have to be in shape all the time. Right. Yeah, so, right. Um, but yeah, it was a real eye opener. Um, and, uh, a, a great experience to kind of kick off, you know, what eventually would be my pro career at some point. Who, who, who was your coach there? Um, who was the coach in Phoenix at the time? Yeah. Fantastic question. I don't know. Uh, I, I will say this, though. Um, the year after I was drafted was the year that Wayne Gretzky had taken over. Yep. Um, and I uh, actually got to meet Wayne. I was just chilling in the, uh, the little hotel bar lobby area, just grabbing some lunch. And uh, he came up to me and um, sat down, shot the shit. And... Uh, yeah. And introduced himself and, uh, just said, I understand you're here, uh, at camp and, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of in awe. It's Wayne Gretzky. And I was like, yeah, you really don't need to introduce yourself to me. Sir. Uh, <laughs> big fan of your work. Um, so um, you didn't walk in and say, I'm the great one. <laughs> you didn't have to. You were probably I, no, like, there was actually like just this cloud over top of him. <laughs> it was just like the wings out the back and everything. Yeah, it just had a great one over top of him. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. There was like a halo was he uh, was he was he at the bar with Eddie Meal? No, <laughs> no, he, uh, he was actually him and Meal right were good buddies, right? And he brought Meal in there to help him uh, coach. 
Right. Yeah. He, uh, no, he was riding solo at the time and just, uh, just happened to be walking through and, uh, was kind enough to take a little time out of his day to sit and chat with me for a minute. That's pretty special. That's pretty special. And that he, that he noticed you and who, you know what I mean? That you were there and trying out for the team and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think he just knew that I was there on a tryout because it was the team hotel lobby. And, uh, and like I said, just the fact that he, he took some time out to come and introduce himself to it to a nobody a young kid uh just attending camp was um you know that goes a long way so yeah you can you can cut me right now i get to talk to the great one yeah yeah <laughs> i'm out <laughs> yeah. that's so very awesome cool, very cool experience yeah walking in there seeing all those guys too ronick and all them was probably just like holy shit because you kind of like you kind of like grew up watching these guys yeah, you know what was real? So I was fortunate enough to go to camp in Detroit um, my last year of juniors. And growing up in Detroit, uh, that was that was really kind of the like, oh, shit moment for me. Because, uh, I mean, this was when <clears throat> they had Shanahan, Hall, Iserman, Fedorov. Uh, we played mini game, mini scrimmage games. They would break it up into four teams. Nick Lindstrom was my D partner. Um, yeah, never like, heard of him. Oh. Yeah, is he good? Um, yeah, he good? <laughs> hey Nick, do you mind if I wear number five? Uh, yeah. Here, kid, have it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the Mean Joe Green commercial when you right. So Nick, what do you want me to do out here? Uh, uh, nothing. Don't worry about it. Hey, uh, as many pieces as you want. I got it. Yeah. So I so we would always we would do these scrimmages, inter squad scrimmages, and then afterwards we would practice. So. Um, we were doing this, uh, it's, it's an awful drill for defensemen. It's where the, the forward starts at the hash mark, uh, down at the far end, the defenseman starts at the top of the circle, defenseman skating backwards the whole time forwards, just full blast one all on the way down the ice. I happened to line up a guy against a guy named Sergei Fedorov. Don't know if he was fast or not, but, uh, <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah. Um, that was, he says he was. That's, <laughs> that's not great for your morale. That's for sure. Uh, but no, I was just like, holy shit. Uh, this is, this is going to be interesting. So yeah, he blew by me pretty quick. You should have blew him up like Don Cherry did to um, what's his name in Toronto and never got to play hockey. Again. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just throw the old early hip check or clothesline. Yeah. That would yeah. Been um, but yeah, that whole, that whole camp was, was so awesome. And just like, I mean, you're growing, you're going, you're playing with guys that, you grew up idolizing and uh it was a lot of fun man it was awesome that's so cool so yeah, cool. like man Lindstrom was just so smooth just so silky smooth like seeing him well you when you're standing right there next to him and he's playing yeah. everything but just to see how smooth he is and i guess they say you can never dump it in past him right like he would try they say that he would always knock it down yeah it was like he's just playing on a different planet than the rest of us literally every pass would be a sauce pass right on your tape like wouldn't even bounce on the ice it would just go right to your tape and, uh, <laughs> like and, velcro yeah and, and just the fact that like he looks like he, it's effortless out there it looks like he's not putting any yeah, effort in but nah, here you go kid yeah it's it's <laughs> It's just like, um, yeah, you can see why he's one of the greatest defensemen of all time. So, um, yeah. It's I put a, him in the top three for sure. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, you just – the guy never the guy never made a bad play, was never out of position, um, never panicked. And, Did he ever uh, sweat? 
I don't know if he did, I would have bottled that shit up and sold it. That's for sure. Um, or yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know if he needed to sweat. So yeah. Um, no, just like how effortless he played and he, he played like 30 minutes a game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 30 minutes a game is just fucking outrageous. It's insane. But uh, yeah, I don't even know if he would come off the ice, to be honest with you. I think he would just kind of hang out around the boards during TV commercials and then just go right back out there. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Man. Just uh, one of my favorite players of all time, you know, watching him just because he made the game look so easy. Uh, he was fun to watch. And I, I'm a I'm a Toronto fan. So, you know, yeah, I, I hated but loved him, you know, like yeah. just just how cool and silky smooth he was just. Like you said, effortless. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he it, it seemed like he never ever coughed up the puck. Never, never made a bad play. Every, yeah. every, and it didn't seem like he was the fastest guy, but he was just so smooth. It's like right. it was almost like he wasn't taking strides. He was just yeah. gliding out there and uh, was just always able to make the the right play. It's like mm -hmm. I don't know how he's just he's playing chess while the rest of us are playing checkers. <laughs> but okay. So uh, like you walk into that dressing room now, are you with your group or are you with these guys like between periods or whatever? Yeah. So, well, how it started is they had a rookie tournament up in Traverse city. Uh, so it was all the rookies came in and we played, um, we played against, uh, I, I think Minnesota was there. Atlanta was there and a couple other teams. And uh, so you played, I think we played three or four games. I fought four times in three games. I remember that. And then, uh, and then we had main camp afterwards. They said, uh, they said no fighting in main camp. Um, it, it was just basically inter squad games and then you would practice and, uh, and yeah, that's how, that's how it went down. So um, yeah, it was, it, it was so cool. It was a lot of fun and uh, yeah, just uh, something that I'll never forget in reference to my hockey career. Did you, did you end up fighting in main camp? I did not No, but I actually, you know what the, one of the coolest things was on the front page of the paper was there was a picture of me kind of cross-checking Darren McCarty, who was, you know, one of my favorites growing up in front of the net, just trying to clear him out. And I can't uh, stand that prick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I owe him a hundred bucks. Oh man. What, a, what an unbelievable guy in there. I don't, he know is a great guy. I don't know if there's anybody who's given more to the city of Detroit than Darren McCarty. Like, uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge Darren McCarty fan and um, you know we all if, if you grew up in Detroit you all remember uh, the big game against Colorado in Detroit uh, yeah. when he went off there Claude Lemieux and uh, when Claude Lemieux beat him up what's that <laughs> so when Claude Lemieux beat him up I don't know if you watched the same game as us but, uh, yeah. <laughs> did you watch that game in March Rob <laughs> right yeah that's what no, I the second scrap uh, when Lemieux answered the bell right off the opening faceoff I think it was that was a good fight he did really, really well. Really good man. fight. Yeah. yeah. Strong as an ox. But, so but like how, how he took it the first fight, like I didn't understand that at all. Right. Like yeah. you did what you did, answer the bell, don't turtle. Like, yeah. and he did. Yeah. Pep, Pep turtled and, and it looked terrible. Yeah. Terrible. It did. But like he's, he's been on our show two or three times. Yeah. Um, he's given big shout outs for us on his uh, podcast and stuff like that. Like he, he's just, he's, Cause he's from Leamington. He's just outside of Essex yeah, where, where we live. Yeah. So he's, he, he, he gives us. back so well. Right. Yep. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, I give a big shout out to Darren McCarty. Like he's, Darren he's McCarty. a great guy. Yeah. Darren McCarty's awesome, man. And he's uh he'll be forever beloved in Detroit. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. he, he's oh, got yeah. a lot for the city and, uh, and the people and the fans just love mm -hmm. him. 
Absolutely. Dude, look at your numbers in the coast, man. Look at the penalty minutes. Holy shit. Look at the, um, let's see, in 144, 173, 174, 222, 169, 174. Fighting a bit or what? Uh, I was fighting the fuck a lot. That's for sure. <laughs> no, man, it's just, um, just, uh, doing my job, doing whatever I could to, to help, help my team, um, and make any impact that I could. And it was something that I enjoyed doing too, as well. I, I, I enjoyed fighting. I enjoyed the competition and the battling aspect of it, uh, with another guy. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was something that I took a lot of pride in and, um, just showing up showing up to work and doing, doing my job every single night, the best that I could. What's actually cool is a lot of your, of your career was with the same team. Yeah. In South Carolina. Yeah. With the exception yeah. of my first year, which was in Dayton, Ohio. Um, yeah. I was on a, on a contract with uh, Columbus's affiliate. So I was in Dayton and spent a little time in Syracuse. I went to camp in Columbus mm -hmm. that year and actually played a preseason game and then uh, got sent down to Syracuse and then found my way to Dayton, spent majority of the year there. And then uh, um, the following year uh, was the lockout year. And uh, so I had actually signed a contract with Portland and South Carolina at the time. They were affiliated with Washington, but it was the lockout year. So spent the beginning of the year in Portland and uh, there was just so many, so many good guys, especially the year of the lockout, the depth chart was just insane. Oh. So, you know, I, would dress a handful of games and warmups and then not be in the lineup. And, uh, it was, it was just tough to crack the lineup. Wound up getting sent down to, uh, South Carolina right before, uh, American Thanksgiving, not Canadian Thanksgiving. And, uh, man, there was, when I, when I left Portland, Maine, there was like three feet of snow. It was cold as shit. We got sent down to me and my wife went down to Charleston. It was literally 75 degrees out and uh i was like holy shit what is you this? used to this yeah it, it was <laughs> i found my home didn't know what to expect going down there um i'd only been down south one time when i was playing that was into charlotte for like one or two games and um went down there the city is beautiful the beaches uh you're right you're you know you're right off the ocean so there's beaches all over the place um mm -hmm. they have a very loyal fan base here uh it, it was a great arena that we got to play in and uh just fell in love with it immediately me and my wife both did hey how do you go somewhere on a loan i see that there was one game on a loan like how does that happen so i got uh i got uh, i'm trying to think was that albany or yeah. Lowell? i can't yeah. albany maybe yeah yeah so i think uh their tough guy got hurt or suspended or something along those lines and i got called up and uh we were playing against Portland and uh, a good buddy of mine, Trevor Gillies is hands down one of the toughest guys to ever do the, do the job. I don't know if you guys know Trevor, I've had him oh, on the yeah. show at all, but no, one of the best guys you'll ever meet. One of the toughest guys that, that ever played the game without a doubt. Um, and uh, I had asked him during the game and uh, you know, I was very fortunate that he gave me a shot um, just to make a name for myself. And um Trevor ended up getting the better of me in the fight. I, I did pretty well starting off and then just Trevor, he, you know, like I said, one of the toughest guys to ever do it, um, ended up getting the better of me. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, had a really good showing wound up hurting my hand that fight, um, ended up getting sent back down to South Carolina and, but they brought me into camp the next year because, uh, because they like what they saw in that, in that game. Um, so they brought me to camp in Jersey the next year and, uh, but yeah, that's how that happened. Sweet. So, so who was in uh, the camp in Jersey? 
Uh, Cam Jansen was in in camp. Um, Nathan Nathan is it Nathan Parrott um, yep. was was another tough guy that was there. Um, you fought him. I, I never fought him, Nathan Parrott. I never fought him. I could have um, swore I saw that on one of the YouTube videos. No, um, I'm trying to Prost, think. Prost, then? No. Prost, yep. Yeah, you're Prost, uh, you, yeah, Prost yeah, wasn't yeah. there, but I, did, I fought him in juniors. Yeah, um, I'm thinking of Prost. I'm trying to think who else was there, but Cam was their guy. Oh, uh, there was another kid um, who wound up playing there, Pierre-Luc LeBlanc, super tough kid. He was there too as well. Um, I think he wound up playing in Jersey, um, for a while, if I'm not mistaken, but technically a very good fighter, uh, yeah. as tough as they come. Oh my God. That was a pretty good team there too. Yeah. yeah. Really good. In team. Jersey. Uh, yeah. Marty Brodeur apparently he's a pretty good goalie. So he was there. <laughs> not bad. Yeah. He's got, he's got some, sh uh, hardware, eh? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I, I seen that commercial with that U-Haul. He's got all the fucking trophies in and shit. Yeah, I don't want to brag. So at the beginning of practice, you know how you're just skating around. He happened to be standing in net. I don't think he was looking, but I just shot the puck in just to say I scored on Marty. Just to go, woo! So. <laughs> did, you, did you raise your hands? Even even better. I did a little mini celebration internally. Um, but uh, <laughs> All my hands were over my head, but they were yeah, beside my waist. 99% sure he wasn't even looking. So uh, <laughs> you take that for what it's worth, but it, it's still a goal in my book. That's so awesome. It's still a goal. Yeah. Hey, what's the the... <laughs> The worst, like, uh, I'm sure you've had freaking cuts and broken bones and everything, but what's the worst thing you ever got in a fight? Worst uh, when I was playing juniors, uh, we were playing in Sarnia off the opening face off, uh, fought a guy. Um, can't think of his name offhand, but right off the opening face off, uh, broke my hand, third punch of the fight. I wound up punching him 13 more times with that same hand after it had already been broken. And, um, that was probably the most pain I've been in. I wound up having to have a plate put in my hand. Um, funny story about that is, so the fight was awesome. Like just toe to toe and we're, and we're going, it was all offense, no defense. And uh, when we went to the ice, my head fell and hit the ice and I had a huge cut, like probably the width of my eyebrow directly oh. above my eyebrow. So when I got up, the place went bananas because they thought he cut me from a, from a punch. And uh I was rattled. So in the locker room, I was trying to hide my hand from the trainer so I could go back out there because I wanted to fight again because I was pissed thinking that the the whole whole arena thought that he had caught me with with a punch. Right. I actually fell and hit my head off the ice. That's what caused the caused the uh, caused the caused the cut above my eye. And uh, so I was trying to hide my hand from the trainer um, so I could go back out there and fight again. Lo and behold, um, a couple of the guys were like, "Hey." Check out Nate's hand. Doesn't look very good. It's like it a boxing glove. Five times the size of, uh, <laughs> of it. it should have normally been. So um, yeah, wound up having surgery, and that was, I think that was my last year of juniors. Wound up having having surgery. Played a good portion of the year with a uh, cast on my hand, which really sucked. Um, yeah. But you know, part of it. Um, so that was that was probably the worst uh, worst injury that I ever got from a fight. Was was mm -hmm. that. How, how did you learn how to throw both hands? Trial and error. So yeah. <laughs> you didn't take boxing or anything like that? So to... when, when I played juniors uh, in Plymouth, we had a boxing coach. His name was Kirky. And he came in. He was there my first and second year. Um, and he was there. And it, I, I thought it was such a, such a big advantage uh, to have a boxing coach in there uh, to help guys. Because especially younger guys, uh, even guys that weren't, 
going to fight, at least knowing how to protect themselves to how to, how to throw a punch, right. um, how to properly defend yourself, you know, working on grabs and just, you know, learning how to technically throw a correct punch and, and feel confident in what you're doing because, you know, not everybody's a fighter, but you may have to fight at some point or another. Now, Nate, was that after uh, you broke your hand, you got to learn how to throw that punch? <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, that was, that was all the credit goes to my opponent's head. It was in his helmet. Now, yeah, now, no, now no, did you, did you have a, did you have a, like, was there a special trick to get the buckets off or? We, we took our helmets off. I saw so many of your fights where you're just spinning them. Yeah, we, 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 you know, until it kind of became a rule, I think, um, like majority of guys, if you agreed to fight like a square off, guys yeah. would just take off their helmets. So, yeah. um, you know, not necessarily preserving your brain, but preserving your hands. So, yes. um, yeah, it, it, and it was always kind of a respect thing too as well. Um, but yeah, it just, uh, that comes with it. But as far as being able to throw both hands, it's, it just comes with experience, just like anything else in life. If you're going to, if you're going to do something, um, and you're going to fully commit to something that you just got to, you've got to just kind of, you know, hone your skills and, and work on different things. And, you know, I, if I, if I'm looking back, uh, in reference to my career from a fighting aspect, I wish I would have, I wish I would have invested more time into, doing stuff like that in the off season obviously like when when i transferred over to mma that's all that that was um yep. but you know with my mma experience i really wish when when i was playing hockey i would have you know done boxing um would have done like jujitsu would have been great because you get to work a lot with grips um mm -hmm. there's so many different things looking back that i that i could have done um as far as just being prepared for that and and technically getting better too as well Right, especially with jujitsu tying up the shoulder and the arm and yeah, choking about, them out with your fucking yeah jersey, whatever, yeah, it's right? All, it's, like, all, it's all grabs, it's all, yeah, it's all positioning, and uh, especially if you're working with a gi and you're grabbing the lapel, um, you know that that can definitely translate over into hockey. I seen I seen Hoist Gracie do it, like it, it was amazing. Now you know I never knew that you could use the gi to choke somebody out, and when I seen yeah, Hoist I, Gracie do it, I was I, like, are you? shitting me yeah i train i trained for an hour today uh my my jiu-jitsu coach is uh is a high level black belt used to fight in the ufc is a brazilian guy and uh man it's um if you if you don't have any idea what that world is like it's a very rude awakening because yeah. uh you just realize how how little you know um yeah. so yeah it's but all that stuff you know it's in theory, it, it, but the game's different now. So guys aren't doing that. You know, they're not focusing on that. That role is definitely diminished in today's hockey. And, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's still a beautiful sport, beautiful game. I, you know, I wish I don't follow it that closely anymore. Um, just, I've got two young boys and it seems like by the time I sit down and hit the couch, it's, uh, you're just exhausted. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can only take so many Nerf gun uh, bullets to the head, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just trying to keep up with my boys is, uh, yeah, that's, that's enough for me. So, How old are they? So my youngest turns uh, three this weekend. His name is Xavier. Uh, my oldest Jackson turns uh, six in June. So uh, they're at, they're at extremely funny nice spread. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And my, awesome. my oldest is, um, was very shy and standoffish. Um, you know, his personalities, he's in kindergarten now. It's definitely starting to come out a lot more. Um, he's gotten, he, he fell in love with Taekwondo. So he's doing Taekwondo. That's really helped bring out his confidence. But my youngest Xavier is a wild man. So um, he's just fearless. Uh, you cannot turn your back for five seconds with him because he's doing, he's doing something. And uh, he's just, he keeps mom and dad on the edge of their seat. That is yeah. for sure.
Yeah. <laughs> Lock well, the cupboards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's everything. It's we, <laughs> literally, we had to, on our pantry, we had to p- install a lock on it because he just goes in there and just starts rifling through things and snacks, uh, snacks, snacks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it looks like an episode of from. Uh, it looks like a, a scene cut out from the movie Half Baked, and he's just <laughs> yeah. everything torn out. You're crushed like, on the floor, dude. I literally just walked to the other side of the room. How did you do all this? So, uh, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. He's a wild man. My kid does the same thing, man. They yeah, the snack thing all the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It is. Uh, uh, it's a trip. I seen uh 2008, 2009, you won the Kelly cup there, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. What a, what a, what an awesome experience. What a fantastic team we had that year. And uh, man, winning a championship at any, any level is, is always special, always incredible. And uh, I was fortunate enough to do it as a pro with a, a great group of guys. Uh, our coach is, was Jared Bednar, who's the coach of the Colorado Avalanche right now. He's the head coach there. Uh, nice. The assistant coach was Kale McLean, who is uh, uh, one of the assistants in Pittsburgh right now. Um, uh, Spencer Carberry was one of our forwards who is an assistant in Toronto right now. Nice. Um, Patrick Weller was one of our defensemen. He is a, I think he's an assistant in Hershey. He may be the head guy, but I think wow. he may be also the assistant in Hershey wow. too as well. We had uh, James Reimer, who's played in Toronto, I believe, too, as well. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of really good guys, a lot of talented guys, and uh, what a fun team, man! Yeah, he, he ended up going to Detroit too, right? Reimer, Reimer wasn't Reimer in Detroit too? He may uh, have been. I'm not think 100%. You're thinking of Jonathan Bernier. Okay, oh, maybe that's who it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I know Reimer's had a really good career, and he's kind of been in a few different spots. I haven't followed yeah. him that close. I think to after Reimer. Toronto, he went to San Jose. Yeah, could be. So, um, but yeah, man, we had a, a fantastic team and uh, our coaching staff was, was incredible. And uh, Jared's a good friend of mine. He was uh, the, you know, the coach for me, my first, uh, I played down here for seven seasons. I want to say my first four or five years. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, he, he's a good friend of mine. And uh, to see all the success he's had is definitely does not come as a surprise. And uh, he's, he's one of the the best guys that I've come across in this game. Same with, same with Kale McLean. Um, he's, he was one of my best friends when, uh, when we were playing together and uh, to see the success that he's had um, definitely doesn't come as a surprise and could not happen to a better guy. So what did you That's guys so do cool. to celebrate? Uh, well, we had a, a nice red eye flight from Alaska because that's mm-hmm. where we won it. Um, so we took the red eye that night, um, traveled from Alaska to Charleston, which is, believe it or not, not a short trip. And uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody slept for probably 48 hours. So when we got back into Charleston, um, the fans were all there uh, waiting to greet us at the airport, which was incredible. Uh, we went from there to the rink, to the rink downtown, downtown to the next like night or so was a little bit of a blur. And uh, yeah, it, it seemed like the the celebration may have taken, it felt like it took a little time off my life just because uh, <laughs> if you go that hard, it's just like, man, uh, but it was awesome, man. It was such a fun experience. I uh, did that last weekend. <laughs> Some people call that a Tuesday night, right? Yeah. So. Rob, I did that last weekend, minus the Kelly cup. <laughs> yeah, minus the cup. No, I had cups up in front of me all night. Right. <laughs> but That's yeah, funny. man, it was, it was awesome and such a, such an awesome experience and to uh to win that with your brothers is uh is mm-hmm. is awesome man that's so cool like so so uh can you 
tell us like like if if you had to change anything in like any rule in the nhl what what would would you change oh gosh i mean i I honestly i don't follow it that that closely i know the like the instigator rule has always been a big controversial i say that too um uh, subject and it you know depending upon where you lie on that you can see from both sides uh the game is just it's so different now right um it's it's the skill level is so high. Um, they're so fast. They're so big. They're so strong. Uh, injuries do happen. It's obviously part of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest with you, I'm not sure which rule I would change. I, I think guys should definitely be, I think the guys should be a little more, there should be a little more free reign to police themselves uh, as far as how the game used to be. Maybe not to the point where, you know, you just have two guys who are just going out there and their sole position their sole job is to fight. But guys need to be held accountable at the same time. Uh, You know, just uh, not having to answer the bell for something that, you know, you may or may not have done. Um, I I think that's kind of it. I don't know a particular rule that I would personally change, but I just, I could use a little more grit in the game um, and and a little more accountability and guys just to play a little tougher. You know, the skill level is fantastic. You know, I, I love watching the guys and how talented they are. I'm old school. I like, uh, I like the physical game. I like the, uh, you know, I still love the fighting. I know there's not much of it in the game, but uh, you, anytime you see a fight, regardless, uh, guys are always, you know, they stop what they're doing and they're watching that. Right. So that's the one portion of the game that I do miss. And um, even the big body checks are gone, you know, like yeah. they're here and there, but then yeah. it's like, Oh, is it a penalty? Like, Oh, oh is it a suspension now? Oh, right. Okay. It's like, you see a lot of guys just wheel off and, and instead of, before you're taking that guy through the boards and he's peeling off the boards and you're skating away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's still a clean hit. And now if he don't like it or somebody on his team doesn't like it, they now they're in, you're answering the bell because you threw a big body check like Mm -hmm. Cam Jansen used to do all the time. Right. But he could go throw those hits because who's, who's coming to talk to him. Exactly. Exactly. So I I think you still need that. I, you still need to, uh, you still need to have, like, I think it's important to have a guy on your end of the bench who can, you know, strike a little fear in the opposing team and uh, say, like, you know, if anybody's out here to fuck around, you're going to have to answer to me. Right. Um, it'd be nice to have some more of that. But, uh, again, the skill level is is incredible. And, you know, the game, the game changes and evolves, you know, just like societies in general as a whole has gotten soft. You soft. know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, I agree. The, the game of hockey's parenting has. Cool right everything everything has gotten you know I, I i used to get the wooden spoon now i i, I take my phone away yeah like, fuck. <laughs> exactly yeah you know? exactly um my, my mom would break the wooden spoon over top of my fucking head and now i'm like no more playstation yeah exactly no more no more social media no more instagram right. you found it you cut up you uh, suck i can't believe you're doing this you're ruining my life yeah before Where you, you could just take a licking and go man i'm not doing that again you get it yeah you get a you get a boot in your ass and it kind yeah. of puts things in perspective. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you, you don't even send kids to their room anymore because there's so much technology in there. Right. You send them to your, your room. Yeah. You go to my room. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I seen, uh, what is it, 2011, you went into the South Carolina Stingrays Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was very honored by that. I had spent seven seasons here. 
I didn't expect that, nor do I think I was worthy of it because I was just a guy who showed up and did his job every night. I didn't do anything flashy. Um, if I needed to protect my teammates, I protected them. If I needed to fight to get our team going, I fought. If I needed to block shots, I blocked shots. If I needed to be a leadership guy on the, uh, you know, uh, on the bench or in the locker room, that's what I was doing. So, um, yeah, do I, do I think I was deserving of that? I, I don't. I take it as a, as a huge honor, though. I was... I was very, uh, very humbled by that. I was very appreciative about, by that. And, uh, you know, it's funny, like <clears throat> some of my neighbors, uh, you know, have been to the Coliseum and watch games and they're like, they, they've come back and we've been talking. They're like, holy shit, dude, we saw your name in the rafters. And I was like, oh, like, don't, <laughs> yeah, the, don't misconstrue that. I wasn't the guy that you probably think I was out there. So, um, no, it was, it was awesome. It was um, such an awesome tribute to an amazing organization that I, I was fortunate enough to s spend so much time with, and then I now call Charleston home. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a huge honor, and I I'm very proud of it. Mm -hmm. well, well, Nate, would you call it a blue collar town where you live? Yeah. No, I would call it a. I don't know what you would call it. I wouldn't call it a blue collar town. It's uh, there's a there's a lot of old money in Charleston. Um, you know, there are definitely blue collar there are blue collar people everywhere where you go. Um, it's very rich I, in history. I, that's for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think um, people take a lot of great pride in being from this place and there's so many transplants like myself from, from different areas that have made Charleston home. It used to be a bit of a hit, hidden gem. Now it's uh, it's full blown. Like this is a great spot to be. And so many people have migrated down here and, and the, the building and the development down here just continues to go, which I think for a lot of local people, you know, uh, may or may not rub them the wrong way because it's taken away from some of the, you know, the, the culture down here. Um, but at the same time, like this, this place is so amazing. The, the people like you get Southern hospitality. If, if you've never been down South, like people say hello to you in the grocery store. Um, you know, they'll just come up and talk to you. Um, um, downtown is super cool. It's very historic. It's got a little bit of everything, beautiful golf courses. Like I mentioned before, the beaches are incredible. Um, we will never leave this place. It is amazing. Uh, it's, awesome. it's such a great, my boys are so fortunate to be able to grow up down here um, and, and call this home. That's great. Hey, how did you end up in the mix, like martial arts? Like how did you end up getting into that? Six months after I retired from hockey, I found myself just continue like going to the gym as though it's been my, that's been my thing ever since I can remember. That's, that's my daily routine, regardless of, it doesn't matter even even to this day uh like today i was fortunate enough to get two different training sessions in. i was able to grab a lift at 4 30 this morning and then i trained jujitsu this afternoon doesn't happen like that every day but i will get to the gym every day it doesn't matter if it's 4 30 in the morning or if it's 11 o'clock at night it's it's like my uh, it's my therapy it's what i have to do my wife is exactly the same way she's a machine um but I went into a local, I was always a huge MMA fan. Um, I, I, I followed the sport. I was just a huge fan uh, of what those guys do. It was always super entertaining. I went into a local gym, uh, walked in one day, met the owner and said, um, you know, I, I would like to fight one day. I have no experience whatsoever in any of this, um, but I'm willing to work harder than anybody in order to do this. And, uh, you know, the gym owner, Matt Robinson, uh, knew who I was because he used to go to Stingray's games, asked me to come in a couple nights later. And, uh, and we started working from that point and um, fell in love with it immediately. It, it mm -hmm. became an obsession to me. And when I say I have no background, I mean, I'd never wrestled a day in my life. 
I had no jujitsu experience whatsoever. I had never kicked box. I had never been kicked in the leg. I'd never been kicked in the calf. Um, I've never really hurt. If you've not experienced that, uh, you have not lived until somebody has laid their shin right across your thigh because um, it'll put shit in perspective pretty quick. It'll Uh, make you cry. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Um, So yeah, I just fell in love with it. And uh, I was just, I was willing to work as hard as I can. I literally trained twice a day, uh, every day with the exception of Sundays. And, uh, you know, from jujitsu to wrestling, to kickboxing, you know, throwing knees, elbows, everything. I I had none of that. And, uh, and I just worked my ass off and, uh, and I was willing to do it. I was willing to put in the work. Um, You know, I, I just would work as hard as I possibly could and would not stop. So yeah, that was, that was how I got involved with it. And I just got hooked and it was a very long, many long conversations with my wife. My wife thought I was fucking crazy. She was like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not supporting you do this, Nate. This makes no sense. I'm not going to any of your fights. I'm yeah. Not- you used to, you used to get punched in the head and I know that was part of your job, but do you see what these guys do in this cage? And this is, you're telling me this is what you want to do. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. And uh, I remember she, she gave me an ultimatum at one point because I, I wanted a motorcycle for the longest time. Um, I've definitely changed my outlook on motorcycles. I still love them, but you know, I've had, I've had some people that I've known that have had some bad accidents and there's a lot of bad drivers out there. Right. So yeah. she said, you can get a motorcycle or, or you can fight an MMA one time. And I said, I'll fight. And uh, so she, we made a deal and she said, you know, I agreed fight one time. It was on my 31st birthday. I, I, I didn't start training until I was 30 years old. So I trained for well over a year from before my first fight. And that's not, that's not even close to enough time. Uh, there, there's so many different variables that you have to learn and, uh, you know, had my first fight and, uh, I wound up fighting eight times before my, before my first son Jackson was born. And that was an agreement. Like I, I had to beg my wife to let me fight the first time. And then every time after is, uh, it was kind of like, like my addiction to tattoos, which I'm pretty heavily covered. Um, I tell my wife, this is the last one, right? And I've said <laughs> that about 500 times. Kind of the same thing with MMA. I just have this very addictive personality. And she didn't understand it at first as far as why do you want to do this? This It doesn't make any sense. And then when she saw how much went into it, it was very difficult for her to watch. Don't get me wrong, but she had a newfound respect for the sport and what amazing athletes these guys are and how much dedication it takes to do this and, mm-hmm. and what exactly all goes into it. So, um, you know, my last fight, she was eight months pregnant with our first child. And, oh uh, that was tough for, I, I remember we were traveling up to weigh-ins and she was in tears on the way up there. She was just crying because obviously being a, being pregnant, you're very emotional. emotional. And, yeah. um, she uh she's just like Nate I don't understand why you continue to do this and uh I just I said I love it and uh you know as hard as it was for um that's that's the type of woman that she is she supported me so she would be in the front row and uh you know uh she would support me no matter what win or lose she was she was always the first person who would come and give me a hug and uh don't get me wrong my 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 buddies did a great job of getting her uh in a pretty good mood prior to the the fights they they would party pretty hard before the fights and uh we always had the biggest after parties that goes with us and uh but yeah my wife is anything i've done in life she has been she's been my support system so we, we do it together That's awesome. yeah because mm-hmm. i saw when i saw one of your mma fights uh it was like a 30 second fight where you end up knocking the guy out uh <laughs> the hometown guy yeah. So, uh, and, and that, that fight, 
that was scary at the end of the fight because it was a bad knockout. Like he, he was unconscious for a while. He wound up getting stretchered out and he was a, he was a military guy and, you know, um, caught him with a, what we call just kind of like a fade hook. Like we you step off to the side and throw this yeah. hook. It was something that we had worked on all camp long. It was just, uh, you know, when you're fighting, there's so many different variables, angles, footwork, um, you know, making sure that you're out of range as far as somebody coming at you and, and you're in range, you're in and out. There's, there's, Technically, there's so much that goes with it. But anyways, this uh, this fade hook was something that we had just drilled and drilled and drilled. And, uh, you know, I threw a one two uh, that landed and he he threw, a, you know, a counter. I was able to step off line and catch him with the hook. And, you know, he went down and it's my job. And what you do is you train until that referee pushes him off you. Your job is to finish him and uh, right. just knee on belly and started raining down hammer fist. And, um, you know, I was happy to get the win, but after the win was over, that's when you're, you're back to being human again. And when you see, you know, your competitor across the cage from you and he's unconscious and he's not moving and they're stretching him out, it's, you know, it's never, it's never an awesome feeling uh, because, you know, you, you're there to win and, you know, you know what you sign up for. But he uh, would have done the same thing. He would have done the same exact thing. And that's right. what we sign up for. And So uh, the fight stopped. So if anybody, you put it on the ref. He didn't yeah. get in there quick enough, right? Yeah, and, get and a little it, bit closer. Things happen so quick, right? Right. He was, For sure. He was out after that left hook, and my job is to follow up and finish, and that's what I did. And mm -hmm. um, you know, I had a couple knockouts that were like that, and that were uh, scary from that aspect. But at the end of the day, we're all competitors. We all know what we sign up for. Uh, you know, we're both at risk of that, and uh, that's what we're fully aware of, and that's why we train so hard too, as well. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, last last freaking thing for for well last thing i actually have written down here but i just want to know you said you don't really follow the game too too much but if you had to pick right now who's going to win the cup i'm going to go with colorado avalanche uh i know uh just um jared bennard being such a good friend them having i i just know how intelligent of a mind he is and what he gets out of his players and i know they've had successful years and I think they've done a good job as far as uh, their roster goes. And if anybody can get the most out of their players, it's him. So again, I don't follow it that closely. I couldn't tell you who is where positionally, um, mm -hmm. but that's, that would be, you know, that would be my guess. Now, if you're a gambling addict, please do not use my information. <laughs> Bro, they're not even in the playoff. Your money on. Uh, do not do that. But uh, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. I don't think Detroit's, uh, I don't think we're close to a Stanley cup anytime soon. We're still in a bit of a rebuilding phase for a Another while. five years. Yeah. But you know, we've got good guys in there. We've got Eiserman, we've got Lindstrom and just like any franchise, it's a, it's a process. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah. Eiserman, Lindstrom, uh, Draper, McCarty. Yeah. They're yeah. all part, they're all part of the system. Yeah. As soon as we fire Shanahan, where do you think he's going? <laughs> <laughs> Straight to Detroit. <laughs> oh man, Toronto, that's a that's a tough market. Gosh, that it is. is. Nobody uh, wants. Who would want to play there? Like one game you're you're and you're a plus one and but why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? Yeah. You know, like look at Brian McCabe. He was one of the best defensemen in Toronto and he gets booed out of the and they trade him. And then it's he goes wild, and plays man. for what Florida or something, and fucking lives lives the high life. Yeah, it's you know it's, it's wild what it does playing in that market can do to guys, and yep. uh, just the amount of pressure that's there. I I remember growing up, Larry Murphy, who used to play in Toronto, and yep. then uh, wound up going to Detroit, and they would just boo the shit out of him all right. the time, 
all the and, and, and he was a hell of a defenseman when he, when he <laughs> came from, he came from Pittsburgh or something to to Toronto yeah. right. and then he didn't play very well like you know like okay well maybe you didn't want to be in Toronto because you're under the scrutiny all the time but yeah. then he goes to, he goes to uh Detroit and and, and has like an outstanding yeah. career like yeah, to finish wins like three cups <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that's terrible that's good, I guess yeah. and then people yeah. are like oh why didn't you do that in Toronto why didn't you pat him on the back a little bit you know yeah. like maybe he would have played better and not have to worry about getting bitched at or you know I, I don't know yeah don't tough, know. tough market comes with a lot of pressure but at the uh at the end of the day these guys are all professional athletes they uh you know they make a very good living and uh yeah, it's uh, yeah, take it with a little bit of sandpaper, right? Yeah, they're they're fortunate enough to do something uh, that most people dream of, so they're absolutely okay. Okay. playing a kid's game. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Well, most of those most of those guys in the league are kids nowadays. Yeah, no, you know what I mean? I don't even know if the guys uh, talk anymore. Maybe they just text each other. Uh, well, before, like when let's say Pronger or you or, or you know you you you've done a game and. You got a six pack in your stall. These guys got freaking cr- crushing smoothies in Nativia. You know, yeah. like <laughs> it's 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 fuck. just a, it's gonna take a big time, dump a after I'm done this. Yeah, it's um it's it's crazy. You know what? Uh, like if you listen to any of these other, I don't want to name drop any of the other podcasts, but like if you listen to the. I always enjoy listening to the older guys' stories because they, yeah. you know, like they just tell you the old school stories. You go to practice and then everybody goes to the bar afterwards, you hang out, you drink, and that's that's that team camaraderie. You get that from that. Nowadays, you know, it's uh, the guys go back to their apartment or their house and they throw on the headsets and they and play they video games and they talk that way. Yeah, put on the Oculus and they're playing, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, all that shit. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Walk into walls. How'd you get hurt? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it's, uh, <laughs> tripped over the bar it's a a different world a different game and uh just a different time in general so all right nate before i before we let you go this has been an awesome interview and i I loved having you on i'm so glad i i bob murray i saw your name on there and i i i clicked on it and uh you know send you a messenger and and you responded to it right away and you said you'd be honored to be coming on and yeah, man. Just been, it's just been a fantastic interview, and I'm yeah. so glad you uh, gave us the time and giving back to the hockey world. You know, well, but my I question, yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's, uh, you know, hockey just seems like it was a lifetime ago for me. Um, so anytime I get to, you know, sit back and talk about my hockey career, which I don't think about all that often, is is always a treat for me. And uh, I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, much continued success to you guys. I hope you guys keep crushing it with the. Uh, uh with the podcast and i'll do whatever i can to uh to definitely push it and uh and steer people your guys's direction and and keep doing it because it's such an amazing game and it's you know it's brought so much into all of our lives right it's been such a big part of our lives and it's 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 the greatest game in the world without question to me so uh you guys keep crushing it you guys keep doing doing your thing and uh having these guests on and just promoting the game yeah because you you guys are we've had so many amazing guests you know but but okay so two two questions if you if you know how baseball players have the the walk-up song and and you know like so if if they took out the horn and played your goal scoring song what what song would they be playing when you when you scored that goal off the dasher into the (laughs) off the net into the guy's chest um so I, I had one song and it was my walkout song when I fought in MMA and this probably doesn't apply to ever scoring a goal. They would never do anything like this, but it was uh, a song. I'm a huge Eminem fan. Grew, growing up in the Detroit area, Eminem was my guy. It's, 
in fitting fashion, it's called Go to Sleep. Uh, it's a pretty dark, violent song, but I listened to it. Literally, my trainer before every hockey game would blast it in the training room. He would stretch. We would do the same stretch to it every single game. Same routine, always blast that song. That was always my walkout music when I was fighting in MMA too as well. And that's just a song that just, um, just you know, was applicable applicable to me to get me in my mind frame as far as where I was at and and I just loved it yeah it got me pumped up so if you guys get a chance it's uh Eminem OB Trice and DMX it's uh yeah I've heard that song it's awesome it's a a pretty awesome song and you know now if you're if you're sitting there having a family meal probably not what you want to hear (laughs) but um uh if, if you're getting ready to do some shit where you get to smash in people's faces you, you don't know my family <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not something that i've been yeah it's not something me and my boys listen to on the way to the park but uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as they get up as soon as they go to bed you're just like oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah so my last question to you be is uh if you wouldn't have played hockey and professional hockey what what would you have done uh, I would say MMA is, uh, was, is, is my passion that I still love it to this day. That's why I still train. Um, I, you know, I fell in love with it immediately and, you know, it wasn't just the fighting and stuff. The biggest thing. So when I retired from hockey, I didn't necessarily miss playing the game because I was fortunate enough to play that since I was four years old, it was being around the boys, the teammate, your teammates traveling with the guys, these, these guys are essentially your brothers. You get to, you spend more time with them than you do with your actual family during the season, right? Mm-hmm. I miss that. That was what I had missed the most. When, when I was fighting, I developed the same thing. The guys that my coaches, my training partners, it was a team. These guys are your brothers. You know, I would corner them for their fights. They would corner me for my fights. Um, so yeah, I would say MMA. I just, uh, I, I'm so passionate about the sport. I'm such a fan of the sport. And uh, uh, yeah, that's it. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, Nate, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much. Um, stay in touch, man, and uh, just good luck moving forward, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You guys, uh, again, much continued success to you guys. Keep crushing it. Uh, you got a fan for me, uh, fan for life with me now. Uh, awesome. I'll be, definitely be tuning in and uh, supporting you guys as much as I can. Yeah, whoever you can send our way, send, shoot me a messenger, and uh, we'll, we'll get them on for sure. Because I know you know a bunch of beauties. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a bunch of great guys. And, uh, that's the thing about hockey is you don't come across too many guys that aren't good guys. Usually all the guys are really good dudes, solid dudes. Uh, and you, you definitely come across your, uh, your share of beauties. That's for sure. So mm, that's awesome. I love yeah. it. Thank you, Nate. All right, guys. Have a good night, guys. Thanks, Appreciate, Nate. It. Yeah, Appreciate it. Yeah. And there he was Nate Kaiser, this guy has fought everybody i think <laughs> there was a lot he i watched one he was he fought i think it was cam jansen when they were playing ohl and he fought jansen twice in the same game and like dropped him twice <laughs> my god boy. yeah he's a bad mofo so he played lots uh, of hockey too lots not of only hockey. that being an mma fighter too eh? he had like yeah. a 30 second fight where he just destroyed the hometown guy <laughs> Yeah, he's a tough guy, man. So yeah. big shout out to Nate. Thank you for stopping in and talking to the boys. And uh, Great guy. Awesome. Yeah. Good luck to him. So this Leafs goalie, this new guy comes in. Like, who? where the fuck did this guy come from? All of a sudden, he's wearing the red fucking, the red like Superman cape right now. Speaking of up in your background there, Superman comes in. Leafs are 
Leafs are kind of struggling a little bit. This kid comes in. Not only does he get his first NHL win, he gets his first shutout, and he's the first star of the freaking game. And he gets to start over Mrazek. Yeah, what's his name? Is it Kilgram or is that what it is? Colgram. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not good with names either. Yeah. So dash 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 one on Ant. But uh, but yeah, this kid came in, fucking stood on his head, was unbelievable. So what do you uh, what do you think on him so far, Rob? It's got to be a nice little start to an NHL career. I was impressed. Like I watched some of the saves he made. He double stacking the pads, like solid kid. Like and he's a young kid too. I, I mm-hmm. couldn't tell you how old. Couldn't tell you how old he is. Yeah, he is young. I know that. So I was like, sweet though. What a way to start a career. So good luck to him and congrats. Um, couple things on Dallas. You said there there was that the one Dallas goalie made a sick save. Yeah. Is it, is um, it, like, is it like save of the year candidate? A hundred percent. Was it? Was it Holt? Was it Holtby? No. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ottinger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. There's a shot from the point and Nylander flips the stick out and he's coming across the net. Sorry. He's coming across the net this way and Nylander tips it to the other side and he just flips the glove out and totally octopused it. Like it was unreal. Unreal. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see the game. So probably one of the saves of the year. Check it out on YouTube when, when we're done this, I'm definitely going to check it out. You'd be so impressed, especially when they slow it down. Um, I'm oh also on Dallas. Hudobin is out for six months. He just had hip surgery. So that's gonna yeah. put him down, obviously, for playoffs, everything. So that's gotta hurt them, eh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What I would th- think too is uh like they have hip surgery. That's gotta be a big recovery, too. So that Eric guy, but after he won that game, got first star and all that stuff, he, he went into the locker room and they all jumped him and freaking did the water yeah, thing. Like, that, it's yeah, so cool that. when they do that. Yeah. Like he couldn't, he couldn't remove the smile from his face. It was awesome. Yeah. He looked, yeah, like I love that shit. Yeah. It's like when the, you know, the rookie takes his lap by himself, you know, yeah. like it's just so cool. It, it's always funny too. when they make the guy do the lap by himself, but he goes out there, no lid hair flowing like you know I yeah, mean, you normally normally they say a rule an unwritten rule between the players in the nhl is you have to play a certain amount of games before you can go without your lid in the warm-up uh, your rookie one i'm sure you yeah. can but now they make you do it for your rookie lap because the boy the boys love the flow eh? oh yeah you got yeah, all the these flow. young kids they got they got incredible hair mm-hmm. all sticking out the ear holes and shit oh yeah it's awesome just mad flow. I could. It's never like their heads hair. are on fire. Yeah, I, I could never grow fucking hair like that. I'll tell you that. I could. I know you've seen it. Well, we've seen it on the show. Remember when you I grow for the playoffs again? Oh, you're doing the mullet? Fuck yeah! Why not? <laughs> do it. What do I got? Two months. I got two more months. Yeah. Yeah, you got about twenty to thirty games left, probably. Yeah, and what the trade deadline comes up next Monday, right? Yeah, Just trade deadline is Friday. on Monday. Yep. So everybody keep an eye on that. Trade deadline is on Monday the 21st is the trade deadline. So it sucks anymore, though. You know what I mean? Like most most good moves are made before the trade deadline anymore. Like, you know, those poor bastards that gotta sit at TSN and ESPN and you know, uh Sportsnet, you know, they're all yeah. they sit there for 15 hours and hey, did you get anything yet? Hey, I guess did you get anything yet? I guess the one year they went they went like five hours between trades. 
Yeah. Like, what do you talk about? I guess they just talk to guys who have been traded and they yeah. do a whole bunch of panel shit, but yeah, it's, it's hard to fucking, and they say who's hot and who's on the board or whatever, a whole bunch of shit they do, but right. Bef- well, before the salary cap, you know what I mean? It, it was, yeah. Oh, bing, fuck, bing, it was bing, a bing, frenzy. Bing, like yeah, it, it was, was a zoo. you couldn't keep up with it. Like those were awesome days. Like I, I remember taking a day off, like, you know, and sitting at home and watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's crazy, dude fuck um last note kind of where we talked about a lot last episode so there wasn't really yeah. a whole lot that's happening between thomas hurdle this guy signs at eight by eight with back in san jose i kind of figured he'd be back in san jose although there was other teams looking at him so i'm assuming yeah. obviously san jose probably obviously wanted to re-up him right he's a big piece too and why wouldn't you want to stay in san jose yeah like California weather. And when that building gets buzzing, man, it gets fucking hopping that building, but they just got to get it. I don't get it. Like they have like Burns and Carlson and hurdle and was it? Um, Couture, right. Logan. Right. Um, like they have fucking so many good players. Like I don't get how they're not a good team. No, I don't either. But you know, you know, what's kind of crazy though. Like, I don't know how his contract is structured, you know, but he's, he's kind of a kid right now, 28 years old, but yeah. And that's eight more years. Right. So that puts him at 36. Yeah. Math that, guy, Rob. That's, that's kind of a crazy contract. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. You got to think usually right? guys are looking for five, six years. Right. Yeah. But Third. maybe they gave him eight so they could spread it out. Mm-hmm. you know and near the end of his career it's it he's tradable i think a guy like yeah. that it would have been i think a three or four year deal would have been suitable yeah well excuse me most most players are looking for five right yeah well even then five that would only put him at what 33 right that i that i see yeah but like 36 yeah that's that's you're on the, out, you're on the outer old. end of uh your playing career yeah you're on the back nine there for sure for sure. Um, yeah, so well, good luck to him. We'll see what happens. And everybody absolutely wants- great, great contract. Yeah. Oh, yeah. great agent. Getting paid. <laughs> um, also, so everybody, reminder, Monday the 21st is the trade deadline. So if you guys want to keep an eye on that, you can keep an eye on that as well. Um, which moves us on to our last little segment of the show, the butte of the week. Rob, do you know who your butte of the week is gonna be? Yeah. Fire away, buddy. The Essex 73s. You fucker. You took mine. I was going to use them too for the sweep. Uh, <laughs> muffin. Double buttes. <laughs> yeah. We get the double butte of the there week. There you go. You guys with your sweep, you got us both. Butte of the week. Can't wait. Can't wait to see the next round start, man. I know. I'm fucking. Oh. I was hoping that I was that I was going to get a game of this round, but remember we talked last episode and I was like, oh, we'll get a game. And I'm like, oh, never mind. They're they're probably going <laughs> to sweep. So they swept. So I'm actually, I want to, um, if we can get a, like an afternoon, like a Saturday afternoon game or something, I want to try to bring the boy with me and see how he does during the game. At least if he doesn't do good, we're close. I can just bring him home and come back. <laughs> you know, E-Train is an animal. <laughs> You're going to be at the snack bar the whole game. I know. That's why we're just going to have to load up at the snack bar and then go sit out at the stuff seat. him in a chair and just let him fucking feast. Oh yeah, he'll munch away. So oh yeah, yeah nachos. 
Oh yeah, nachos, popcorn. Oh yeah, he'll be French all, fries. Oh yeah, he'll be all. He'll, that arena smelled so good on Sunday. All the French fries and gravy, or French fries and vinegar, it was just incredible. Yeah, it's I just love this smell. They should make an aftershave like that. <laughs> then all you'll want to do is eat all day. No, that's <laughs> I would. <laughs> Fucking fat, eat me. I'm I'm a, I'm a fat guy though. <laughs> Fuck, man. Every time I step on the scale, I see a different number. It's never one lower. at a time. Yeah, it's never lower. Let's put it that way. But um, all right, everybody. So until next week, Aunt Rob, we're signing off. We're out of here. See you. Peace. I've lost my